Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Your San Francisco 49ers are kings of the NFC West. They have won seven straight. They have clinched their second NFC title in Seattle, first since 2019 for the 49ers. They are 10-4. and four. What is going on, everyone? Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy, Sterling Bennett's on the other side of the glass keeping things rolling. This is the 415ers hour, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Evan. How are you? I am unbelievable because the 49ers, though, this sort of run towards the end of the season, obviously starting with Jimmy Garoppolo taking over in Week 2, now into Brock Purdy, and the tail end of this season, coming through the Miami game, doing it again against Tampa Bay, maybe not having his best game against Seattle, but grinding out the way that a, a classic quintessential 49ers performance here tonight. A lot of this season does feel unbelievable, and I don't know about you, Mark, there's something about this team that makes it believable. Like, in no way, shape, or form should your third-string quarterback be orchestrating a team to a division crown and a potential two-seed, we hope, in the NFC as it stands a half-game back of Minnesota. And yet, with the defense, with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, with all the weapons on the outside, the biggest one missing in Debo Samuel tonight, with a head coach and defensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans who are all peaking together at the right time, it doesn't seem believable, and yet at the same time, I don't know if I expected anything different. Well, there's there's two sides to this, because you're right in, in talking about the Niners and, and how elite their defense is, the weapons that they have offensively. I mean, we talked about it, you know, everyone here on 95.7 The Game talked about it after the Christian McCaffrey trade. This is the deepest, most dynamic skill group that the NFL has to offer. You pair that with the defense. You pair that with the the coaching staff. You mentioned Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans likely going to be a head coach in a little bit after this season. That's how good he's been. You You put all that together and you think, all right, that's an elite football team, a football team that has a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. The one caveat is the quarterback position. You're not down to your second-string quarterback. You're down to your third-string quarterback, and that's the one holdup because everything else says and tells you this is a Super Bowl team, but you're running with your third-string quarterback, and for the moment, you're just not quite sure what that's going to look like. We still don't know what it's going to look like in the postseason. We've seen two starts plus basically three quarters. And this was his first one on the road in an extremely hostile environment. And to your point, Brock Purdy played really well. So you're finally kind of seeing that that last box that you need to to check off when you're figuring out if you're a Super Bowl you know caliber team. And we we took a step towards that with this win in Seattle. The 49ers did because Brock Purdy didn't seem phased by that big moment. No, he didn't. And we discussed this on on the tail end of overtime with Kyle Madsen and Allen Styles, sort of 
Do you see the 49ers as a, as a Super Bowl team? How do you view Brock Purdy in that equation? Is he up towards the top? Is he creeping towards the top? We want to hear from you. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. For me, when it comes to Brock Purdy, you know, we, we, we threw around the different words to describe him. A, a gamer, to me, is the first description that comes to mind because of how sometimes explosive he can be and yet also have an innate understanding of the situation. And to me, Mark, it's it's interesting because I think for the 49ers, they have been in this situation before. When you're describing a Super Bowl equation, the biggest question potentially has always been the quarterback yeah. under Kyle Shanahan. And not that it's necessarily you know changed now. I think the quarterback is still in question. Again, it was Brock Purdy's second start of the NFL. But there does seem to be a different feeling around the quarterback position and one that not necessarily anyone can step in and and play well, but that they might have found lightning in a bottle in this guy, Brock Purdy, who in a game against Seattle, he probably should have had an interception, maybe a couple, depending on some of the throws that he made. But there's a difference between that and then also being able to recover, being able to end with a final line of 17 of 26, two touchdowns, where... All he's got to do is make a couple of plays and keep the ball out of harm's way, which, to his credit, along with some flags, helped tonight. All he's got to do is make those few down-the-field plays to an open kittle, just hit the layups, and it feels like this team can go really far. Yeah, Quandre Diggs dropped a gimme interception. That could have turned this game around. Niners caught a break there, certainly. But to your point, besides you know a moment, two moments like that, Brock Purdy was was really good. He was efficient. He took care of the ball. And when his team needed him to make a big play, uh, think about that third and seven from your own four-yard line in the second half. That was in the fourth quarter with about 12 and a half left in the game. You're up by two scores at that point. You're looking at punting from your own end zone if you don't get a first down. Brock Purdy steps up, makes a perfect throw to Jawan Jennings, who fights for the first down. Niners move the chains. They don't go down and score But at that point in the game, with the defense that you have, you don't need another score. You just needed to make sure you weren't punting from your own end zone, back up Seattle as much as you possibly can. That third down was huge. He had that third and short conversion with his legs on that last drive of the game. That wasn't the final nail in the coffin. Jordan Mason delivered that with his big 55-yard run that almost went for six. I wanted him to get in so bad. (laughs) He did too, but he ran out of steam at the end. Um, That was an incredible moment for Jordan Mason. He's going to get his first touchdown as a pro pretty soon, I think. Fingers crossed. uh, But you you saw Brock Purdy, again, as you said, had a couple of hiccups with some bad throws, some bad decisions, but when his team needed a big conversion the most, he came through. And that's not usually what you say for a rookie quarterback. And Brock Purdy, just week after week after week, is continuing to prove to us that he's not a normal rookie. As wild as that sounds for a guy who is Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. I know everyone on 95.7 The Game here has been saying that endlessly for the last two and a half weeks, but it just is it, it doesn't compute when you're trying to look at this guy's performance and compare it to where he was drafted to. And, and every week he is uh, making that distinction grow even larger. Look, through three games right now, and again, small sample size, 11 quarters, 25 at 37, first week against Miami coming in. If you take all of it now together, 
You got a guy who has completed 70% of his passes, if not more, has above a 100 quarterback rating, and has thrown six touchdowns with one interception. He has not fumbled the ball yet. He has not turned it over. He has not made the rookie mistakes that you expect. And the the term that was getting thrown around this entire week, I'm sure, will continue to get thrown around for the next 10 days until they face the Washington Commanders here at Levi's Stadium, is going to be... The it factor, Brock Purdy, whatever it is, this this sort of immeasurable quality that we seek in quarterbacks that you don't really know if it's there until they show it on a given play. Tonight, yes, there were some throws that he surely wanted back. I know there was a throw in the flat to McCaffrey in the first half that was over his head. Next throw to Ayuk is a little bit short. But over the course of the game, those don't tend to stand out as much because, yes, he's got a defense on the other side that can get the ball back for him. He's got a Christian McCaffrey in the backfield who he can hand the ball off 26 times to. He's got Jawan Jennings, who he can go to on third down and allow him to take the hit and still capture that football. But he's got that sense of when Brock Purdy has the ball, and I don't want to speak for you, Mark, but it feels like the 49ers are going to have a productive drive, whether it ends up in points, a field goal. It is going to be something progressive towards a win. He is He feels like a winning quarterback in a way in which maybe not like sometimes when Jimmy Garoppolo was there, even sometimes when Trey Lance was there. Like He is more of a factor in this offense, for good or for worse, and Kyle Shanahan has clearly put his trust in this young kid Maybe more, maybe even more so than his previous two quarterbacks this year. I, I think the the data, what we've seen from Brock Purdy so far, suggests that to what you're saying that you know this play, Brock Purdy's on the field. This drive is going to be a net positive for the 49ers. But I don't know about you and and, and all of our listeners. You can tell us eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. When I'm watching Brock Purdy play, I'm in the back of my head. I ultimately am worried because I'm thinking, okay, when's the rookie mistake coming? Like it, it has to be coming at some point, right? This guy is a seventh round draft pick, making his first career road start. Something bad is going to happen, right? Like logic says it will. And you know, we talked about a couple of the bad throws he's made that haven't come back to bite the 49ers yet. Uh, but I, I'm I'm still kind of waiting for that moment. But to your point, everything he's put on tape and everything that he's done so far, it hasn't resulted in that back-breaking play that you might expect from a rookie quarterback. So I'm kind of fighting between two thoughts right now because it's it's what his play is suggesting versus what you might expect from someone in his position, and I haven't quite reconciled those yet. That's why it feels a bit unbelievable, and a lot of that is because of the surrounding cast. A lot of that is because of the coaching staff, and I believe our next caller, Michael in Concord, wants to talk about just that. It's the 415ers hour, double overtime here on 95.7. The game we're taking you up until 11 o'clock. Get your calls in, 888-957-9570. You want to join in the celebration. 49ers are NFC West division winners yet again. Michael, what's going on? You're on You're on with Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys. Uh, how's, how's it going tonight? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, great win tonight, Brock. He's just a surprise, like you guys have been saying. He just does little things that... You know, like that double pump fake to Kittle for the touchdown was like amazing to watch. Uh, my question is, what do you guys? What's your take on? Um, do you think Kyle Shanahan deserves to be in the um, in the conversation for Coach of the Year this year? Appreciate that, Michael and Concord. Well, Mark, I'll let you handle this because you brought it up on the Four One Fivers episode that you can find 
later on tonight and tomorrow on wherever you download your podcast from. Yeah, we, we brought this up ourselves. Appreciate the call. Uh, I think if if this was a relatively normal year where there, where there wasn't a uh, a one loss Eagles team that, that kind not didn't come out of nowhere, but you know wasn't. Uh, you know, at least starting the season, a favorite in the NFC, you, you would call that a surprise that they're a one-loss team. If it weren't for Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, I think Kyle Shannon would be a lock for Coach of the Year. It would but, be it would be a shoe, and I think yeah, yeah. But but Nick Sirianni and what he's done with Jalen Hurts and that team, I think at this point needs to be considered the favorite. But I mean, you're 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 in the running certainly if you're Kyle Shannon. Things can change in the final couple of weeks. No, I mean, look, Michael is is asking a fair question. I'm sure it's one that's going to dominate a lot of airwaves tomorrow as far as <laughs> Kyle Shanahan because. When it comes to the regular season, we discussed this. I think this is this has to be his best job. With everything that goes into Kyle Shanahan's, again, dual role as both a front office member as well as a head coach and, of course, play caller for the 49ers. You look at a guy that has sustained not one and two quarterback injuries, and we've already tossed around how ridiculous it is that a, that a third-string quarterback can not only be this good, but the fact that they're still winning games with a third-string quarterback. Kyle Shannon is also the guy responsible for pulling the trigger on getting Christian McCaffrey, which I don't think coincidentally is around the time this team began a seven-game win streak. He has been the catalyst for that offense. Brock Purdy comes in. He clearly looks prepared. A lot of credit, of course, goes to Brian Greasy, but Kyle Shanahan is the guy calling plays. He's the guy that dials up 37 pass attempts in Brock Purdy's first game in which he's coming in off the bench. He's the reason why Brock Purdy, in a lot of ways, is prepared for this moment, as well as Brock Purdy preparing himself. To put Kyle Shanahan in the Coach of the Year conversation is not out of the question, but I think, to your point, it's probably the same reason why Patrick Mahomes might not win the MVP and Jalen Hurts will. It's because of storylines and expectations at the beginning of the year, which is, although, yes, the 49ers have undergone probably more turmoil than any other team throughout the league, one especially in the playoffs this year, they were expected, I think, for by a lot of people to be contending for the division that they have now won. The Rams are also in that equation, but they bowed out early. So it was a lot of ways the 49ers for the taking, and to their credit, Mark, they took it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Kyle Shanahan deserves a ton of the credit for the success that Brock Purdy is having. First and foremost, Brock Purdy deserves that success, that credit. He's, he's playing phenomenal. Um, but I think if, if you put Brock Purdy on a different team, he's not having the success that he's having with the 49ers somewhere else. And I'm not saying put him on a, a bottom-dwelling team in the NFL. That's unfair. But you put him on another contending team. He's not playing as well as he is with the 49ers. Part of that, of course, is the weapons that he has. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the most unique weapon in all of football. You could say the same thing for Debo Samuel. We know about George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and, and Juwan Jennings, who's becoming a reliable target on third downs. But but Kyle Shanahan makes it so easy on his quarterback. And you know, we talk about it a lot that the the quarterback in the 49ers system isn't asked to do nearly as much as other quarterbacks in other systems. So Kyle Shanahan is is coaching the year of his life, as you talked about it when we were on with, with Kyle and, and Allen at overtime. You know, this is his crown jewel in his coaching career this season. Because he is making a third-string quarterback, a rookie quarterback, look really good. And clearly, Brock Purdy probably was undervalued in the draft. He should not have been Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. I think he's proven that. But you also have to give Kyle Shanahan a ton of credit for making this transition look relatively flawless. I mean, that just does not happen. 
both things can be true. Brock Purdy is better than where he was drafted, and Kyle Shanahan is coaching the hell of, you know, off this season. He's been phenomenal, and he's making his third-string quarterback look really good, which basically never happens across the NFL. No, and look, exhibit A of, of how difficult it is for a quarterback just to step in. I know, it, I know Brock Purdy has made it look easy, but just look at 2020. I mean, look at Nick Mullins, look at C.J. Beathard, yeah. look at some of the other quarterbacks that have been in Kyle Shanahan's system that he at times has made look good. Never really transi- translated to wins, and but they put up numbers. That they did. They put up numbers, and they had some spurts. They had some some games that looked good. Maybe they didn't have the benefit of the running game and weapons and defense that Brock Purdy does. But But the fact of the matter is, I think for a lot of people, whether you were on the train immediately, or I would hope you're getting on the train now of Brock Purdy, he he's turned many, if not all, members of this fan base into believers. Like we both talked about it when Jimmy Garoppolo went down after that game. I was I was on post game with Sterling Bennett. We thought the season or the Super Bowl chances were done, zero, whatever they. I don't know whatever percentage you put him at with Jimmy Garoppolo, but whatever that was, I thought that they were gone. Now I'm I'm returning to. Whatever that ceiling I thought the 49ers could get to with Jimmy Garoppolo or even before with Trey Lance, I'm back to being there with Brock Purdy because not of of how like ridiculous he's lighting up scoreboards and the numbers, but because of how this team looks with him under center. He does not have to do much, that's true, but he does enough and more to show you that this team could go on the road in a playoff scenario and get a win. And I'm curious to know where people believe the 49ers stack up in the NFC, in the overall NFL. 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you. Where do you see this team going at this point? Because right now, Mark, you just heard Kyle Madsen talk about it. Alan Stiles talked about it. A lot of people are beginning to see this team again as a Super Bowl contender, if not potentially even the favorite in the NFC. Well, I'm with you. I think the 49ers, uh, I mean... There's no doubt that they are, at worst, the second-best team in the NFC, even with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. Uh, if if any of our listeners right now on 95.7 The Game have, have listened to us on, on the 415ers in the past, you, you know how I feel about the Minnesota Vikings. I do not believe in them at all. The Niners, with without Brock Purdy, whoever is their quarterback, doesn't matter. They're better than the Minnesota Vikings. They, they will win that game in the playoffs if that matchup happens. And you know, you would I, hope. You would hope. The Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I'm more scared of the Dallas Cowboys than I am the Minnesota Vikings. It's not particularly close, but I still think the Niners and their defense. They did it last year in Jerry World. If that matchup happens this year, it'll be in Levi's. The Niners will win their division. They already have it locked up, and the Cowboys, in all likelihood, will not because they're in the division with the Eagles, who only have one loss at this point in the season. So they will be the five seed in the NFC, which means. Niners-Cowboys happens this year in January. It'll be in Levi's. Niners have a gigantic advantage there. They have not lost, uh, or they have lost once at home to the, to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 6-1 and one at home this year. So I'm with you. The, the only roadblock, the only you know matchup where I have pause for the 49ers is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's because of Jalen Hurts. They have a really quality defense as well, and they have offensive weapons to go around. And I think the one thing... We haven't seen from this Niner defense during this run is we haven't seen them against an elite mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts is that. He's the dual threat. Uh, he's not, you know, the electric runner that a, a Lamar Jackson is, or maybe even Kyler Murray when you know he was playing better last year, y- year prior to that. 
Um, and the Niners haven't played Kyler Murray this year, and they won't. They played Colt McCoy in Mexico City, and they're going to play Colt McCoy most likely again towards the end of the season. The closest one would probably be Marcus Mariota outside of Mahomes. Probably, yeah. So that's the one, I think, worry, or maybe not worry, but the box the Niners defense hasn't checked off yet is can they shut down that kind of quarterback? And that's why, and also probably because it'll be on the road, uh, why I would I would pause at that part. But up until the Eagles picking the Niners. Yeah, no, I, I look, I'm, I'm right there with you. And just look at their record in the conference. Like, they're 8-2 and two now. I know they've dominated dominated their division. You can make an argument they probably should. 5-0. Uh, 5-0 right now. Still got, of course, one more game against the Cardinals. That'll be the regular season finale, which at this point we hope will not mean anything. Hopefully they will have you know an opportunity at the two seed. Um, may need to battle back and forth. But that's why, again, I also thought this game was so important for San Francisco. I believe that this game meant more for Seattle because obviously their hopes of the division are now distinguished or uh, extinguished, pardon me, with the Niners. But the 49ers, by winning this game, give themselves a chance the last few weeks of the season to load manage this a little bit more. So I do think that helps. And the other thing that I do want to dig into more on the other side, we only have a couple minutes left here in the segment. We're taking it up until 11 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game, is how good... Christian McCaffrey was tonight. Like That is why you sell the farm, why you say bleep them picks to go get number 22, now number 23. Because if you can give him the rock again and again and again, 26 times on the ground, 108, one touchdown, six catches through the air on eight targets, 30 yards. Again, it was nothing flashy. His longest run of the game was 23 yards. We talked about Jordan Mason's 55-yard scamper. McCaffrey, his longest run was half that. And yet, there was a sense of dominance that he displayed that I I have not seen in a long time from a 49ers running back. It was incredible to watch. He was the best player on the field all night. No, no question. 26 carries, six more catches, 138 total yards, scored a touchdown. He was involved in both of George Kittle's touchdowns, even though he did not touch the ball. The defense was so incredibly worried about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the caller mentioned that the great you know, double pump by Brock Purdy, the second pump fake, was to Christian McCaffrey. Entire defense goes to that right side of the field, which McCaffrey was occupying, Kittle wide open. On Kittle's touchdown in the second half, similar story. It was McCaffrey in the left flat. Didn't even take a pump fake. Didn't even take Purdy looking that way. But three defenders, at least one of which should have stuck with George Kittle, just get sucked into Christian McCaffrey's gravity. It leaves George Kittle wide open. He makes a nice cut, makes a couple of tacklers miss, and is in the end zone. Christian McCaffrey scored one touchdown, Evan. But he was directly involved in all three for the 49ers. He was the best player by far. He was absolutely dominant, as were the 49ers for much of this game. I know they allowed a fourth quarter touchdown that made the game look a lot closer than it was. I know Seattle technically had a chance to maybe stop the 49ers with about three and a half left. But, Mark, never feel comfortable in Seattle, though. Never. N- no, no. It, <laughs> you're sleepless in Seattle. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's how it rolls. We are going to roll on here on 95.7 The Game. Where do you see the 49ers and this Brock Purdy train going? Do you see it stopping? Are you on board? Are you still a little bit hesitant? 
These are the questions we're going to dig into on the other side. The San Francisco 49ers are kings of the NFC West, their first division title since 2019, and appropriately, they do it at Lumen Field against their rival, the Seattle Seahawks, knocking them out of the division race. We'll be back after these messages here on 95.7 The Game. You're listening to Double Overtime. Some might say the 415ers hour. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's definitely the most um, poised rookie I've ever had. He's been like that since he's gotten here. From what I hear about him in college, I think he was very similar, you know, just starting as a freshman. I mean, he's been great. He was poised all week. Even him being unsure of whether he'd be able to go or not, you know, I think that was uneasy for him because he didn't know what to expect until he got in the game. Under our circumstances, uh, we didn't have any other options or choices. We are going to see how long he could last, and we were ready to go with Josh. But he just he got comfortable and got better as the game went, and it was pretty unbelievable. Now back to 95-7, the game. You just heard after the 49ers division clinching victory over the Seattle Seahawks, head coach Kyle Shanahan talking about the man of the hour, the man of the last three games, Brock Purdy, his quarterback, a rookie seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. He is irrelevant no more. And he is now leading the San Francisco 49ers into the playoffs. I mean, that is the reality of the situation. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you here up until 11 o'clock on 95.7 The Game. Mark, you heard it from the head coach. I know we talked about it with Kyle and Allen. That kind of praise about poise is not often bestowed by one Kyle Shanahan. It's not. He's a hard compliment to get. He doesn't compliment people just for the hell of it. You have to earn it, and Brock pretty has. We can talk all day till we're blue in the face 
about what we've seen from Brock Purdy and how he's surprising us and how he's playing good football. And then because of it, the Niners are still a legitimate Super Bowl team. Just listen to how his head coach is talking about him. Kyle Shanahan doesn't often acknowledge no. good questions, good things in general. He kind of blows by him. So for him to go out of his way, I think is telling. It it, it tells a lot. I mean, it, it tells the story of how he's really feeling about this guy. And, um, you know, there's a lot of 49 teammates, his teammates, Brock Purdy's teammates, that is, talking how this guy kind of controls the huddle, how he is, you know, he's not backing down to any veterans. He's, he's saying, hey, guys, come on, focus up. Let's get going. Like, chop, chop. We got to work on this before the game comes around. Like, okay, teammates are going to say that that sort of thing when they're asked by the media. Like, you are you have media obligations. You're in front of a microphone and 20 people, you know, sitting there writing down your every word. You're not going to trash your starting quarterback. That's just not how it works. But your head coach also does not need to come out after a game and say, quote, he's definitely the most poised rookie I've ever had. Like, you don't need to say that unless you truly believe it. And Kyle Shannon, as you said, is not one to give out those compliments to just anyone. So, you know, maybe you're worried what you're seeing isn't true. You're you're concerned that this rookie is going to fall back down to earth. It, it's certainly possible, but take what the head coach is saying because he, he doesn't just say that for anyone. And you also don't have to take it as a degrading tone towards a Trey Lance. Like, let's not forget the other rookie quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has experienced. Two of which, well, one of which is still playing in this league in Kirk Cousins. The other which would be Robert Griffin III, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year his first season. So he is putting them in that class, potentially. Like, that's how that that's what I hear as well. I'm not just thinking about Trey. I'm thinking about all the quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has been you know, connected to, and the reason why he's in this position, why people have given him the praise that he duly deserves for being a quarterback whisperer, because no matter if they've been young, if they've been old, he has done a good job at getting them to a place of success. Now, not this level of immediate success, and that's the crazy part about Brock Purdy is how long is this thing going to go? I mean, I was a little doubtful after the Miami game. The excuse was, well, now let's look at a Todd Bowles team in Tampa Bay that's got a whole week to prep for him. They like to blitz. We'll see how he handles the blitz. Will he handle the pressure? All right, this week. Well, he's going on the road. He's got the oblique injury. He's not 100%. Can he still be the same guy? It's it's going to be a tough environment. Again, the 49ers had been 1-10 in 10 in their last 11 games in Seattle, and Brock Purdy just got them their second. Like, that in of itself, is very telling of how much this game meant, how important it was not only to, of course, win the division, but also to beat a rival doing it. And then for Kyle Shanahan to come out and in the moment understand, like, this is something special that's happening. And I think even he, as the head coach, who is paid to feel nothing, who is paid to be a guy that can cut someone on a moment's notice and tell them to pack their bags and head back to Iowa— this is a guy that is telling you something special is happening here. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, this is a guy, Brock Purdy, a rookie quarterback, making his second career start, his first career start on the road in probably the most hostile environment in the NFL. He did not throw a single pass in practice all week leading up to this game because of his hip or his rib and oblique issue. Kyle Shanahan said, that Purdy threw a couple of passes in a hotel ballroom in the team's walkthrough leading up to the game. That was the only throws he made all week 
leading up to this Thursday night showdown for with a chance for the 49ers to win the NFC West with that on the line. And he comes out and doesn't bat an eye and plays like he's been the starter for years, plays like he, he threw every practice throw all week long. That is not normal. We, we can't just, like, bat an eye and, and, and let that roll off our backs. That That is not normal for a rookie quarterback making his second career start, his first career start on the road in this environment, to not attempt a single pass in practice leading up to this week and still looking like he's in total control of the offense against not a very good Seattle defense for sure, but not, not a terrible one. And on the road in, in, with, with those rabid fans – that is not normal, and, and we cannot forget that because for how good this team is, we can we, we can look past you know certain aspects of why they're playing well, but you just simply cannot look past the fact that Brock Purdy should not be playing the way he's playing given everything we know about him and everything that led up to this ballgame. And that's why I do think there is reason to appreciate this on a, if you want to call it a week-to-week basis, game-by-game basis, like, enjoy the four quarters that this dude is going to get to play because who knows what is going to happen to Brock Purdy's career, whether it be in San Francisco, whether, whether it be elsewhere. I, I think about a guy like Sean King for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who was in a similar situation to Brock Purdy. Third-string quarterback, 1999, comes in, helps the Buccaneers the last five games of the season get to the conference championship. The next year gets the keys to the starting job, goes nine and, or 10 and 6, pardon me, and then gets them to the first round of the playoffs and loses and he's not in the league in three years. Like the quarterback position is a very what have you done for me lately spot, as is the entire game of football. And what Brock Purdy has done for you lately, whether you want to critique the throws that he did or didn't make, I'm not going to sit up here and act like this is the second coming of Tom Brady or that he played like the best quarterback in this league at this point in his career. But he won you the game. And I know that's kind of a, a familiar sentiment for a lot of fans, especially Jimmy Garoppolo fans. But I think that's also the reason why you see George Kittle in the locker room after this game writing feels great, baby, on his shirt with an ode to number 10, an ode to Jimmy Garoppolo. Feels great, baby. (laughs) Because it is not about your performance as an individual, specifically with San Francisco and this 49ers team. It is about what you all collectively do together that gets you the win. That is what everyone on this team has unequivocally stated that it is about. We do not care about stats. We do not care about plays. We do not care about snap counts. We don't care about who gets the credit as long as we get the win. And right now, Brock Purdy is getting you wins. Yeah, and even George Kittle talked about that, you know, what aired on on the Amazon pregame show with Tony Gonzalez saying, I I don't care about how many catches I get. I just want to win the game. And I think when we talk about Kyle Shanahan and the job he's done coaching this team, uh, obviously he deserves credit for that and how good he's making Brock Purdy look. And again, I don't want to diminish what Brock Purdy is doing. He deserves credit first and foremost. But certainly Kyle Shanahan is doing his best work making his quarterback look pretty good. He deserves credit for that as well. But Kyle Shanahan, I think, also needs to to get some credit for the locker room and the culture that he's established. I know that there was kind of some... Eh, when, when Trey Lance went down week two, Evan, and there were those reports that the locker room was like, okay, well, now we have Jimmy Garoppolo coming back in. Maybe we're better now. That was... The sense of... Ex- not, not excitement, but sense of... Look, this season isn't over. Exactly. And and that was maybe the the 
you, you felt bad for Trey Lance in that moment because Definitely. he goes down with a broken ankle out for the year, and the reports were out of the locker room like, okay, well, maybe we're better now. That was kind of the only you know, time this year where you felt that maybe there was, I don't know, some some bad vibes coming out of the locker room. But everything that has happened since, the way that, that Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think this is probably more of a credit to Garoppolo than Shanahan, just who Garoppolo is, being willing to come back to the 49ers after everything that happened. But the way that everyone in the locker room, all the players have talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance after the fact, and now Brock Purdy, and the way everyone has bought into what Kyle Shanahan is selling, I think that's also an area where Kyle Shanahan doesn't get the credit he deserves. Because that's something that I think when you have it, you take it for granted. When you have that great locker room that is supportive, that is that everyone is, is bought in and fighting for the, the same thing, you can take it for granted. But when you don't have it, who takes the blame? It's the head coach. So I think Kyle Shanahan, you even just forget about all the on-field stuff. He deserves credit for that as well. And certainly winning games helps. You're on the seven-game win streak. You're going to feel better about yourselves. But that's even been there when times have been tough. No, it, it is. Look, it is skewed to each opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to credit. You either get all of it or you get none of it. And in fact, the blame is potentially worse sometimes than I'm sure the credit feels good for a lot of these guys because what do we always ask from head coaches in any sport flush it win it move on to the next one who cares what you did last week as long as you win the next week on to Cincinnati that is the goal in the NFL and right now the Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers are doing that to a T we got about 15 minutes left here on double overtime 415ers hour with Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy 888-957-9570 that's also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line Look, there's been some good texts coming in throughout this hour, Mark. You know, 510, Brock Purdy reminds me a little bit of Ken Stabler. I didn't have a chance to watch him, obviously. I'm a little bit young, but I know that he is synonymous with grit, with toughness, with overcoming adversity, of course, as a Super Bowl-winning quarterback for the Raiders. You know, I'm looking at the 408. It, maybe some doubters. Fellas, the Niners with Brock Purdy still have played against a quarterback that is the ability to make plays outside of the pocket. You know, you alluded to that in the dual threat quarterback that someone like Jalen Hurts could potentially bring to this 49ers defense. And this is where I feel about the defense, Mark. Look, when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, I, I sort of saw this moment for the 49ers as a test. Like, how good is this defense? Are they really an all-time defense? As we put them in the category, and they put themselves in that category through the first half of this season. Well, if they're even close to being that level of number one dominant defense with a guy like Brock Purdy, who can maybe not win you game, but can make sure that you don't lose the game, that's a winning equation. And right now, they got all the pieces. Like, I know some, you know, we talk about how great a quarterback is and how they can lead a guy, lead a team to a Super Bowl. But right now, the 49ers are showing you that their style, that the Kyle Shanahan style that he's constructed quite literally from the bottom up, is a method to win that has now gotten you to the playoffs three out of the last four years. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, Kyle Shanahan had, I think, one of his more honest media appearances. And, and he was talking a lot about team building. And oh, yeah, it was, it was before the Miami game because a lot of the questions were about Mike McDaniel, his, mm-hmm. his protege who is, you know, at that point, was kind of the talk of the league. He's since lost two 
two consecutive games of the Niners and then the Chargers as well. I know you're happy about that one, Evan. You hate to see it. <laughs> um, but he, he talked about how co- being an offensive coordinator and then transitioning to a head coaching role, it, it took him a couple of years to change his philosophy. Because when you're an offensive coordinator, you're not even watching your team play defense. Because you're on the sideline or you know up in the press box digging through film, looking at stills from your previous drive, figuring out what you did wrong, what you can do better, where you can take advantage of the defense. When you're a head coach, you're watching the whole game. You're locked into everything. You have you know, assistants and, you know, people down the, the totem pole that are helping you out with what you were doing when you were an offensive coordinator. And he said it took him a couple of years to realize I need to change the way I'm calling a game offensively because I'm now focusing more on what our defense is doing. I'm not just go, 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 go. I need as many possible points as I can score. I'm not taking chances anymore if I feel like I don't need to because my defense is playing really good football. And why would I take a risk to score more points when I already have, tonight for example, 21 and our our defense has only given up six? Why would I take an unnecessary risk and potentially turn a ball over in a tough environment like Seattle and give them life? That wasn't how he called games early in his head coaching tenure with the 49ers. He has since changed it. And then to your point about the defense, when you have an elite defense like this, you kind of go to that extreme. And I know a lot of Niner fans might not like that because they want to see more points being scored. But when you have that kind of defense, it's pretty simple. You do not need to score that many points. And I think that's where we've seen Kyle Shanahan grow as a head coach. And it might frustrate some fans, but ultimately, in his opinion, and it's probably right more often than not, being a little more conservative in those moments probably gives his team a better chance to win games because, again, he's just trying to avoid that back-breaking play at all costs. Yeah, I believe he has leaned into the philosophy that has, I mean, just kind of Created it by itself. A defense-first, run-first team with a quarterback that can do enough to to help you win a game that can be truly all three phases working in cohesion. Kyle Shanahan, to me, has leaned into that more than any other year as head coach. And and I think he, he showed it tonight because there was, Mark, there was kind of a, a perplexing <laughs> situation that the 49ers went through. And it was at the tail end of, or pardon me, the beginning of the second quarter. Yeah, right at the end of the first. End, end of the of first. The and the 49ers have a chance. <laughs> it, it looks like fourth and seven, clock is winding down to the end of the first quarter. It looks like they're trying to draw the Seahawks offside. And we're all saying, all right, it's coming. They're not going to run this play. And yet they do draw the Seahawks offsides. Now, whether you thought it should have been an offside that should have let the play run, I think that might have been what Shanahan was going for. Who cares? Because you come out of the second quarter, it's fourth and two, and out comes the punt unit. And everyone's thinking... <laughs> Well, then why'd you try to draw him off sides in the first place? But to me, that that is Shanahan, and maybe he he kind of reevaluated the situation, but you're up by seven at that point. That's, to me, him leaning into our defense is so damn good that I don't care if we don't maybe have you know an extended drive, that if we don't turn this into three points, that if we don't get another score, because I, Seattle is not going to move the ball against my guys. I trust in D'Amico Ryan as much as I trust in my play calling. Speaking as Kyle Shanahan, apologize for that. 
But I do think it it shows a little bit more about how Kyle Shanahan has been believing in the process, trusting in the process, even though the defense, yes, they don't score points regularly, although they had one taken off the board today. The offense just needs to get to you, you to a certain place. And that, that's kind of what you're talking about, like a certain amount of points. In this case, 21 was more than enough to beat the Seattle Seahawks. If all you got to do is get 20 points and you got a quarterback in Brock Purdy and a running back in Christian McCaffrey that can create that on a consistent basis, then no, I don't really have a problem with Kyle Shanahan kicking it at midfield on fourth and two. Well, it's funny because so it was a third and 16 from your own 44. So you're just shy of midfield. Uh, on that third and 16, with 33 seconds left, you drop it off to McCaffrey. He gains nine yards, fourth and seven, and they sprint up to the line. I've never seen a Niner offense get on the ball as quick as they <laughs> did there. Uh, and then, you know, time is about to run out, and, and the Seahawks' left end on, on the defensive side jumps across. Niners snap the ball kind of simultaneously, and it looks like my, Niners might have gotten a free play, but ultimately they whistle it dead. It's fourth and two, end of the first quarter. And kind of jokingly, as as the, the broadcast went to went to commercial break at the end of the first quarter, Evan, I, I kind of offhand said, this would be so Kyle Shanahan to punt now. After he showed like he was going to go for it on fourth and seven, the penalty happens, they get fourth and two, and now he has a commercial break to think about it. And he says, nah, Mitch Wisnowski just, you know, hit him <laughs> inside the five. Yeah. And I, I said it jokingly. I didn't think he was actually going to punt. I thought, all right. Kyle Shanahan, you know, showing some guts a little bit. He's going to go for it. Duly noted. And he ultimately decided against it and punted. And I think that's kind of to what we were talking about earlier, where there's frustration from Niner fans, but ultimately, to your point, it's what Kyle Shanahan believes gives his team a be- the best chance to win. If this was a middle-of-the-line defense, if he knew he needed to score more points, I guarantee you he goes for it there. And, and we would see him be more aggressive in other moments. But the reality is he knows his team's strength is their defense. And why put your your defense in a bad spot, giving the opponent the ball at midfield, giving them momentum when you can just try to pin them deep? Or potentially he does have a play drawn up for that scenario and maybe wants to keep it in the back pocket. Who knows? We'll, of course, see what Kyle Shanahan does aggressive or passive in the playoffs because the 49ers have locked their spot. Uh, Some good news coming out of 49ers camp today. Uh, Traverius Ward, who went into concussion protocol, then passed concussion protocol, did not see him out. As you pointed out, Janoris Jenkins was in that last drive. Uh, Kyle Shanahan think, thinks that he passed it originally, basically was trying to play it safe with Traverius Ward, Good. as he did on that fourth and two, played it safe. Uh, we, got, we got about two minutes, uh, maybe 90 seconds left here, Mark. Where do you see this thing going? Like, we talked about Super Bowl expectations or not. It sounds like you're in on this team being able to win the Super Bowl. I am. As odd as that is to say, because they have a, a seventh seventh round rookie quarterback as their starting quarterback going into the playoffs. I know there was a you know a text here on the Xfinity Mobile text line a bit ago from the nine two five saying who starts in a potential NFC Championship game is if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. Interesting question. It would be Brock Purdy. I think even if if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, which uh, is odd odd to say. Uh, I think this ends with the Niners as the two seed, and ultimately they go to Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game. I know that's chalk, one versus number two, but I think those two teams have distanced themselves from the pack. Um, Niners are as good as any team in the NFC. That will be a battle. It's kind of a flip of the coin. I'm I'm not ready to say. I think the Niners are, are favorites to get out of the NFC because Philadelphia is that good. But at this point, I'm pretty confident the Niners have what it takes with their defense 
to win a home playoff game, potentially two home playoff games if they can catch the Vikings for the two seed, and then see what happens in Philadelphia. Well, right now they're matched up in the three and the six seed with the team they face next week in the Washington Commanders. That would be the first round of the playoffs if it started today. I'm with you. I do think that Dallas presents problems for the 49ers, but of course they got to get there. They would have to go on the road right now. Dallas would through Tampa Bay and get a win. And then we'll see what happens on that side of the bracket. Because right now, if you well, if you do get to the two seed, you'd be opposite Philadelphia. So it's interesting to watch, interesting to pay attention to. But tonight the 49ers win. Really, up until the last couple of minutes, in convincing fashion on the road in Seattle, not something you say too often. 21-13, they win the West. They conquer the West, as the 49ers have put on their social tags. We appreciate you tuning in to Double Overtime here. 415ers, go bang that. Download it wherever you download your podcast from. Rate, subscribe, five stars are appreciated. That will do it all for Mark Grandy. Big thank you to Sterling Bennett. Everyone here at 95.7 The Game, cutting sound, helping make this a fantastic production over the last couple of hours. Big Thank you to Kyle Madsen, Alan Styles on Overtime. This has been Double Overtime, and we'll talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.